0: Hey everyone, welcome to Good Wolf Radio, it's Jerry Scarlato. Today, we're going to be talking about getting out in nature because we don't utilize nature as much as we really should. We actually are stuck inside, shoot, probably 20 hours a day, 22 hours a day for some of us, 24 hours a day for many of us. And that's having a gigantic, gigantic impact on our health, so much so that A lot of us are literally allergic to the outside. That's part of what allergies are, is just not being adapted to the surroundings, not being adapted to the pollen, not being adapted to the leaves, the trees, and blah, 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 blah. That comes from being inside and not being out in the elements. So being inside has caused a lot of our health issues, and we'll see... It's much more than just like developing our allergies. It has to do with our eyes. It has to do with our circadian rhythm has to do with our vitamin D levels and a number of other important things to go along with that. Whenever we do things inside or whenever we work out inside specifically, while that's the general way of working out nowadays, it actually causes our bodies to adapt differently. Now, of course, at Thriveology, we train inside 99% of the time. We try to get, get outside often whenever we're doing things like training for the Tough Mudder, which is what we're doing right now, or we do challenges periodically outside, like quest for your best, which we do in the fall and other challenges that we've done in the past. We do periodic outdoor workouts. We don't do it as often as I'd like. Eventually we'll have ourselves a nice fancy, uh, outdoor training facility where we'll be able to be outside whenever we want. But that's yet to come. Nonetheless, like that's what we do. We train inside. So I'm not here to tell you that you don't need to train inside and that you are, you should be outside all day, every day. Although eh, that might, you might be surprised at what happens if you did that. What we're here to talk about is what happens whenever you train inside versus train outside. Now, when you train inside, most people like the gym The fitness center is most people's idea of working out. When, if I say working out, your mind is probably going to go straight to a fitness center. It's going to go to this place with treadmills and ellipticals and recumbent bikes and machines everywhere. And guys over in the free weights, pumping weights and flexing in the mirror and grunting and all that good stuff. And a locker room and a sauna and this, that, and the other thing. All of which is great. It's fine. But that's a construct of our society. It's a construct of our, of, you know, just what we've built fitness into. It is working out and training inside. Now, of course, like, that's what needs to happen for most people most of the time because, you know, of course, it's cold outside and and that can be challenging. Although, again, I would argue that a lot of us could stand to get out in the cold more often. But, you know, having stuff outside also, it's exposed to the elements, and that becomes an issue, and, you know, even the heat. Heat, being outside in 100-degree weather, if you're in Phoenix, like training outside all the time is not realistic. So having indoor facilities is something that we need. Need is maybe a strong word, but, like, it's something we need. So, but when we train inside, our body gets used to certain things. For instance, if you walk on a treadmill— a treadmill is very flat and a treadmill moves for you. You don't have to move. So when you walk on a treadmill, you're training much differently than when you walk outside on a trail, for instance. On a treadmill, like I said, it's it's flat, it's smooth. The treadmill is moving underneath of you. So literally all you have to do is pick your leg up, move it forward, and then catch the tread as it comes back around. You're not propelling anything. You don't have to push the, the tread itself all you have to do is keep up with the rotation of the tread. So that's, again, much different than even just go going out and walking on a paved path. If you go out and walk on a paved path, you have to propel yourself. You're expending a much different level of energy, a much different level of effort when you go out and walk on a path, and you have to propel yourself forward instead of letting the treadmill just move underneath of you. This is why I had a conversation with a guy once who he was training for, I think of maybe a 5k or a 10k on a treadmill over the winter. And then he got outside and I happened to catch him at the track outside and he was upset. And he's like, oh man, my, my mile or whatever it was just not where I thought it was. And I was like, well, what's going on? He's like, well, I've been training on the treadmill and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, you've been training on a treadmill. Like, yeah, your body has to adapt to keeping up with the tread, but you're not propelling yourself. It's, It's much different mechanics. It's a much different, well, not much different mechanics, but, like, you have to push yourself forward. So when you do things on an elliptical or you do things on a treadmill or on a recumbent bike and those kinds of things, like, they help you in a certain way and your body adapts to that a certain way. And so when you get used to that and then you go outside and you go walk on a trail, your body's just not used to it. Your body's not used to being on uneven terrain. It's not used to propelling itself forward. The terrain is a whole nother element that we'll talk about. But you're, when you're not used to walking on an uneven terrain, after you do that, if you go outside and you walk for some period of time, the next day, like you're going to be sore. You're going to feel aches and pains, because not because you hurt yourself, but because your body's just not used to it. The same thing can be said with the machines that we see in inside as well in fitness centers like machines are built a certain way they're built to make training i don't want to say easy but kind of easier like all the cambers and the pulleys and this that and the other thing like those things are made to make working out easier to a degree like if you do uh say a chest press on a cable machine on a whatever, whatever they're called, nautilus machine, or you do a bench press. Like they're two very different things on a bench press with a bar, you have to stabilize the bar. Whereas on a bench press with a cable on a machine, you don't have to stabilize anything. All you have to do is push up. So that transitions already much different. Then if you go from a barbell to a dumbbell to dumbbells, you have dumbbells in each hand. Then you have to stabilize each dumbbell independently. Well, then you go from the dumbbells to doing push-ups, let's say, out in the grass. Then you have to stabilize the body, and you have to stabilize through the grass. And if you're on uneven terrain, you have to stabilize through that. While you're using the same exact muscle group in all of those exercises, they're much. you have to adapt them much differently. So that's why thinking about training outside and being outside in a different light than, you know, it's not useful for me a lot of people think that maybe it's not useful for them because it doesn't you don't have the treadmill you don't have the machines you don't have the fancy stuff around well it's actually potentially much more beneficial for you in certain ways because because of the elements because of the things that you have to deal with when you're inside and it's a controlled environment and it's 72 degrees and you set the speed at which you're going to walk and the weight is distributed exactly evenly. Like you don't, you're not challenging the body all that much, but when you add in variability, man, that do you suddenly get all kinds of different adaptations that you are not, not able to get whenever you're in a structured environment. So not only that, but inside, like some of the other things that we deal with are lighting, air quality, Noise noise that we're just, that we think we're used to, but it's just, it's just noise that your body doesn't necessarily, it doesn't do your body any good whenever you're trying to perform at your best. The lighting that we have, I'm sitting right under a bunch of fluorescent lights. I got two lights staring right at me. Like the lighting that we have is actually hurting our circadian rhythm and hurting our eye health. The air quality inside on average is actually worse, depending on where you are. Of course, if you're in like, a jam-packed city, it's air quality is not going to be great, but for most people, most of the time, the air quality is usually worse indoors than it is outdoors, especially if it's in a big fitness center and who knows how often they change their air filters and how many people are in and out, you know, throughout the day, like air quality is a big deal and it may be actually reducing your capacity to breathe effectively and to build your aerobic capacity effectively. So there's a number of factors that we have that are potentially, uh, I don't want to say holding us back. Like we have to be in these kinds of environments. They're there. They're not going away. This, it's literally what we do. So like I said, I'm not sitting here to convince you that, you that you don't need to be inside and training. It's going to be the most effective way for you to do, to get yourself in shape. And yet, if you want to really take your fitness to the next level, getting yourself outside to train regularly is going to take that up, take that notch up um, even higher. So let's start by talking about the benefits of training outside i have already kind of hit on a number of them. We'll talk about five of them in particular, and then we'll talk about how you can start to do it. We'll start with some basic steps that you can start to do, and then we'll talk about how to progress those steps so that you can make them a little harder for you. Ironically, And this will probably go out after coach talk. Just recorded a coach talk with Coach Taylor, one of our coaches here at Thribiology. We actually are kind of already talked about this. So if you have the coach talk should be right before this, Um, go back and watch that episode. If you have not yet, Um, it'll be a good pre-talk to what we're going to talk about today. So five benefits of training outside. These aren't the only benefits, of course, but they're important ones to focus on. Number one benefit is that you're not inside. So, like I said, most of us spend most of our time inside. And in 72 degree temperature, some of us a little colder, some of us a little warmer. But on average, most of us spend most of our time in a 72 degree temperature. That's not very challenging to our body. We spend in, in inside in lighting that is not really good for our circ- circadian rhythm and our eye health and air quality that is not exactly maximizing our aerobic capacity and so many other things. So if you're training outside then you are not inside and any time you cannot be inside is going to be a good time. Sounds whatever, but like we just spend a lot of time inside and so we need to get outside as often as possible there's, well, I'm not going to go there yet because that's going to be one of our benefits, but uh, one of our other benefits. But getting outside is just beneficial for so many ways. We talked about air quality. If, as long as you're not in a jam-packed city with high-rises everywhere and cars parked all along the streets and, you know, people packed everywhere, as long as you're not in that environment, your air quality is going to be much better outside. Therefore, your lungs will appreciate you And your body will appreciate you overall. So being outside is going to help in that fashion. Being outside is going to help your, like I said, your eye health. We're going to talk about that in a second. It's going to help so many other ways than just being inside. So being outside means that you're not inside. It means that you are not in your normal environment and you're challenging your body in much different ways. Which leads us to number two, which is sunlight exposure. So sunlight is helpful for so many different things. The m- one that we talk about the most or the one that we hear the most is vitamin D. Of course, most people are deficient in vitamin D. Even if you meet the quote-unquote standards for vitamin D, you are not at optimal levels. You are only at standard levels. And trust me when I tell you that our health care's standard levels of most vitamins and you know, of all vitamins and minerals are just enough to make sure that you're not dying or getting sick so you want to be above those standard levels you want to be at optimal levels so you can take vitamin d supplements and that's going to be helpful to a degree but of course like anything else you want to be able to get it as natural as possible and so being outside allows you to be exposed to the sun and therefore get vitamin d from the sun that is just one of the many benefits vitamin d low vitamin d levels has been linked and this was, this became very clear, and I'm not saying that this is causation. It is correlation, but it is one of the many correlations that was very prevalent. Um, very, very clear that vitamin D leads to low immunity. It became clear during the pandemic when there was a very high correlation to people with low vitamin D levels. And when they got, what, what was that thing called? COVID. <laughs> Sorry, I literally forgot. Um, when they got COVID, either having a bad outcome or dying from it if they had low vitamin D levels. So vitamin D is very highly correlated with immune system strength. And that's just one of the many reasons why getting your vitamin D levels is, is uh, up is important. And getting outside is the best way to do it. Yes, like I said, pills can be helpful. Supplements can be helpful. If you take a vitamin D supplement, make sure that it has vitamin K2 in it because it needs vitamin, vitamin D, needs vitamin K2 to absorb correctly. Nonetheless, um, getting outside and training outside is one of the major benefits is getting more vitamin D. Along with vitamin D, uh, sunlight exposure also helps regulate your circadian rhythm. If you have ever listened to the Andrew Huberman podcast, which if you're most people who listen to podcasts, you probably have at least heard of him. That is, this is like his main shtick is getting sunlight exposure first thing in the morning to regular, regulate your circadian rhythm. It does all kinds of other things as well. He's much smarter than me. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I I don't know where in the world that voice came from. I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm going to be able to regurgitate what he says. Um, so go find something that he says about sunlight exposure and circadian rhythms. But nonetheless, when you get outside first thing in the morning, like our body is used to following the sun. You have to understand that it's not used to lights. Like lights are are very brand new to human beings. Human beings have been around for millions of years. Lights have been around for like electricity has been around for hundreds of years and fire has been around or the way that we use it to light our, you know, uh, rooms and such has been around for maybe thousands of years. So not very long. So our bodies are not used to it, and they will not be used to it in our lifetimes. So the more that you can get outside, let your body adapt to the rise and fall of the sun, the more your circadian rhythm is going to become the more natural. That way your energy levels are going to shift throughout the day. They'll be higher throughout the day if you go outside and get in the sun first thing in the morning because it regulates your hormone levels. And if you go outside in the evening, again, as the sun's going down, it will teach your body to start to fall asleep at night. So that is a major, major, major reason why getting outside is um, going to help your circadian rhythm. It's not just about vitamin D. Yes, that's important, but Man, how much it will impact your energy. It'll impact your sleep. I mean, those two things, I don't need to say any more than that. Like your hormone levels also will be impacted by getting outside and exposing yourself to the sun. And that's why training outside can be very beneficial. Because when you go outside in the sun and you add on top of that movement outside, that really trains your circadian rhythm. Movement ambulation if you will outside really trains your circadian rhythm to adapt to the rise and the fall of the sun so big factors there Um, get outside enjoy the sun regularly when it comes to training get outside so that you can get yourself better sleep and more energy okay that leads us to number three and that is eye health so Sun is actually very help, help, helpful for the eyes as well. Uh, but not only that, seeing in the distance and viewing in the distance is very helpful for the eyes. So in one of our series that we did a while back, Movement Matters, I think was the name of the series. One of the things that we talked about was movement of the eyes and how our lenses in our eyes don't move as much as they should if we're going to reduce the likelihood of developing uh, short nearsightedness. So whenever we, like, in most of where we live indoors, our eyes don't have to adjust all that much because most of us work in a place or live in a place where the furthest thing away from us might be, I don't know, 30 feet, 50 feet, maybe. Unless you work in, like, a warehouse where... You know, you can look on the way on the other side of a 100-foot or 200-foot warehouse. But most of us just don't have to look very far. And therefore, our eyes don't have to adapt very much. And that doesn't allow the lenses of our eyes to expand and contract and expand and contract. Like they want to, like they need to, so that they don't get stuck in a certain position. So getting outside and being able to see things far away... Being able to view things far away, to view trees way over in the horizon, to be able to look further down, you know, further down the road, like that allows the eyes to actually relax. And if you've ever gone outside and you just looked to a distance and you felt very relaxed, like that's a big reason why, because the muscles that control the lenses of your eye, I can't remember the exact name of them, they, they relax, they relax. They relax and therefore you don't feel the tension in your eye like you do whenever you're inside all day. So there's a, a lot of research that actually shows that being outside for up to for at least two hours a day um, regularly can improve your eyesight. It can actually improve nearsightedness, it actually can r- reduce. And potentially eliminate your nearsightedness if you get outside more regularly because it trains the lens of the eye to relax and contract and relax and contract instead of always being in that nearsighted um, focus. So eye health is a very important thing for us to maintain throughout our lives and I think a lot of us take it for granted and getting outside regularly is going to extremely benefit your eye health and keep you from either developing some sort of nearsightedness or potentially exacerbating it over time. Okay. That leads us to our fourth benefit of training outside. That is joint health. That is joint health. So I talked about the even terrain versus uneven terrain. When you walk on a treadmill or you walk on a path, a paved path, even, it's very even terrain. Your body doesn't have to adapt to it at all. It doesn't have to adjust the joints and your ankles and your knees and your hips. Like none of that has to adjust and adapt. It's flat. It's even And that flatness and evenness is actually when it's repetitive is it can be detrimental to the body. Uh, This is actually a big reason why runner runners develop knee and hip and back issues. It's actually not, the running per se, it is the evenness of the terrain. It's the repetitiveness of being on the terrain walkers. If they walk a lot and they walk only on flat paths will develop, can potentially develop knee pain and hip pain and back pain. And it's because of the flatness of the terrain and the repetitiveness of the flatness. However, when you go and you train or you walk on a path that is uneven Like your body has, it's going to be different every everywhere you walk. Then your body has to adapt to that. The joints have to move the muscles and tendons and ligaments attached to the joint have to adapt and they have to adjust whenever your ankle turns in or turns out or your knee caves in or caves out or your hip has to, your hips adjust to the left or to the right. Like all of that is a very natural thing for your body to do. But because most of us, walk on treadmills inside or walk on paths or sit all day long we don't stress our bodies in that way and that's a very basic low level stress that our bodies should be completely adaptable to Um, and and they are adaptable to but that our bodies should be should be able to withstand very easily and yet it's not unusual and we're starting to see this actually with our Tough Mudder crew we have 50 people signed up for the Tough Mudder And all of them, like all of us, like most everybody listening, sits 8 to 10 hours a day. If they're not sitting 8 to 10 hours a day, they're sitting at least 5 to 6 hours a day at a desk looking at a screen. And we're outside training, hiking up and down hills, doing this, that, and the other thing. And for a lot of them, after the first time, they're sore after hiking, just going up and down hills for an hour. It's because of this. It's because of being adapted to a smooth surface or to, of course to sitting which is a whole nother conversation but just walking on a smooth surface alone will adapt your body to the surface and that is detrimental to your musculo- musculoskeletal system so there's a big 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 benefit that can be gained by going and walking on just natural ground the grass uh, a, a trail any, anything that is not paved, that was not man-made. And that will challenge the body in such a way that you will uh, you'll, you'll start to feel much better if you do it regularly enough, to be totally honest. Your joints will feel better. You'll feel more mobile. You'll feel like you can move better. You'll have more energy. You'll have more strength. And it's because you're challenging your body the way that it's meant to be challenged instead of walking on these artificial surfaces that are made to be comfortable and even. And comfort, as we've talked about a lot in the many of our conversations, is what's killing us. So getting outside of that comfort zone and getting on a path, literally and hypothetically, to challenge the body so that you can get out of that comfort zone. Uh, which leads us to the last reason, and that is simply to connect with the earth. Now, I could get all woo-woo on you on this, but I'm going to try and limit the woo-woo-ness. Um, <laughs> There is uh, there there is a thing called earthing. There's a more technical name to it, I believe. But at any rate, if you go outside and you walk on the earth in bare feet, especially, there is some mostly anecdotal, but also partly scientific research that shows that when you do that regular regularly for periods of time longer than like 20 seconds, but you know for 20 30 minutes at a time and you do it regularly you you can actually reduce the amount of pain that you have in your body because of the charge the electrical charges that are coming in from the earth from the actual ground so i mean in my mind whether or not that's something you believe like it's not going to hurt anything so <laughs> getting outside and walking barefoot can be very beneficial potentially from this standpoint but most definitely from a training your body to be resilient standpoint because just like your joints and your just like your ankles and your knees and your hips need to be able to move on uneven terrain your feet need to be able to do the same thing and that's a big reason why we have feet issues is because they are stuck in shoes and they don't want to be stuck in shoes they want to be on uneven ground and walking on natural surfaces so Those are our five benefits. Uh, Go back and listen to them real quick because we're going to jump into what we can do to start to get outside. Okay, now let's talk about how we can start to get outside because you can make this as easy or as complicated as you want to. So what I did was just took three categories of exercise and we're going to break them down into get started easily to make it a little more challenging and then to make it harder. So the first is just walking. So just getting outside and walking. And if you're not ready to go walk on trails yet, just getting outside and walking on a path. The next step to make that a little more challenging is getting out and walking on trails. Like I said, it's going to be much different walking on a paved path and walking on a trail. That alone is going to be a much different stress to your body. So take that transition, not super slow. I mean, it doesn't have to be super slow, but don't go out. If you haven't walked on a trail in a really long time, don't go out and walk on a trail for a couple hours because your body will feel feel it. It will be painful the next day. Not Again, you're not hurt per se, but your body's not used to that kind of stress yet. So... As you're transitioning from paved walking to hiking or being out on trails, go out on a trail. If you're used to walking, say three days a week, one day a week, go out on the trail and then make it two days a week and then eventually make it all three days a week. You can do that, you know, two weeks at a time. The first two weeks do two days on a paved surface one day on the trail the next two weeks, one day on the paved surface, two days on the trail. And then from there on forward, you're going to be all on a trail. So you're slowly adapting to that uneven terrain and you're not immediately throwing your body at this unevenness, because like I said, it will be, it's a, it's a shock to your body. Your body's not used to that having to adjust the joints. Aren't used to having to bow in and out and move in all these different fashions. So take your time adapting to it so that you don't have too much discomfort. You will have some, and that's going to be okay. Um, Then the last thing you can do to make that even a little harder is to throw some weight on your back. This is called rucking, and rucking is a fantastic way to level up your aerobic capacity. So if you're used to walking already, you can do this walking, of course, on a flat path or you can do this walking on a trail that part's totally up to you but if you're walking on a flat path and you don't have any trails around you can level up your walking by throwing a backpack on your back with a couple pounds in it start with five or ten pounds and using that with your walk and then eventually adding another five pounds maybe after two to four weeks And then another two to four weeks adding another five pounds until you get up to a point where you're like, yeah, this is sufficiently challenging. So rucking is a great way actually to improve not only your aerobic capacity, but also the amount of calories that you're burning while you're walking. Um, what you'll find is it'll also improve your posture. It'll also improve your strength. It'll improve your body and your physicality in a whole bunch of different ways. So getting out with some weight on your pat on your back. It is a great way to start to ramp up your outdoor activity. Like I said, you can do this on a paved surface, or you can do this out on a trail. If you've not walked on trails for a long time, I would suggest starting by just walking on trail with just your body weight, and then slowly adding weight um, over time as you get comfortable walking on the trail, because not only will your joints have to adapt, but your uh visual system has to adapt as well. Your balance system has to adapt. There's roots and stuff on trails. There's rocks. Again, uneven terrain, and that's something that you want to adapt to. So that's just a simple way to, to get started. Walk on uneven, uh, I'm sorry, walk on a paved surface, walk on an uneven surface, and then add some weight to your back, whether that's on a paved surface or an uneven surface. Biking. That's another thing that people enjoy to do outside. So a simple way to get started with biking is to bike on a paved surface, a flat paved surface. Any distance of time. Biking is actually much less resistant than walking is. It's not not that it's not beneficial. Don't get me wrong. But you're actually... It's... It's easier on the body to an extent than walking is. So if you're on a flat surface, it's going to be much easier than if you're on a hill surface. If you want to take your biking up a notch, find some hills and go bike up and down the hills. It's going to be much more challenging. You're going to have to put much more effort in, uh, much more challenging on the cardiovascular system, also help you build some strength in your legs, which is very important. And that's a great way to improve your physicality as well. And then... Again, you want to take it up another notch, go out and find some trails. That's that's a whole nother level. Now, being on a bike on trails is much different than walking on trails. On a bike, you can fall further. Not that you should be scared of falling, but you can fall further on a bike. And it's easier to fall on a bike. That makes sense, but it's worth bringing up. So, if you go on trails on a bike, you want to start on a more flat trails, something that's not as uneven, and slowly work yourself toward more uneven trails. This is definitely worth doing if biking is something that you enjoy doing because it will cause you to become more aware of your surroundings. It will improve your balance. It will improve your proprioception, which is your body's awareness in space. Uh, it'll also improve your strength. It'll improve your core strength because when you're on uneven terrain, you have to maintain the balance of the bike and that's going to require your core to activate and that's going to improve your core strength. So doing that is going to help you in so many different ways. So that's another basic way that you can start to get outside and start to make your biking a little harder if you're the kind of person who likes biking. The last way of course, is to actually train and work out outside. So, as you can just simply start by doing some bodyweight workouts, some bodyweight training outside. Pick three to five exercises. Pick some amount of time or reps that you want to do them, and how three to five sets that you want to repeat them, and then do it. Go out in your backyard or your front yard or your side yard or to a park or whatever and do it. You don't need anything. You can just go do it, you, just your body. Uh, the next thing that you can do is find something to do the exercises with. That can be a log, that can be a rock, that can be uh, any other natural thing that might be around, of which I can't think of much right now off the top of my head, but logs and rocks are great things that you can use for squats and throwing and carrying and all of that fun stuff. You could also get a kettlebell. A one kettlebell is a great piece of equipment to have and bring with you to do outdoor workouts. Just one kettlebell, you can do so many different exercises with just one kettlebell. If you take the kettlebell, write down three to five exercises. Pick however long you want to do them—20 to 30 seconds—or how many reps you want to do them—10 to 12—and then how many rounds you want to repeat and do that outside and then the last thing that you can do now understand this isn't this isn't the only things that you can do this is just like a basic progression that you could follow if you want to make your outdoor workouts more challenging last thing you could do is use sandbags outside so sandbags add a level variability that a kettlebell can't and that is unevenness and movement of that of the substance of the thing inside of the weight like a bell is just metal and it's challenging enough because of the weight distribution at the bottom, but a sandbag is full of sand. And so when you pick it up, you don't know where the sand's going to be. It's going to be loaded in the front or in the back, or it's going to be loaded differently. And as you're carrying it, it might move around a little bit and that makes it challenging. Again, core development is a big thing that happens whenever you're using sandbags, but you can use all kinds of different exercises with a sandbag as well. You can squat with it, you can throw it, you can carry it, you can row it, all kinds of different things. You can press it. There's lots of things that you can do with a sandbag, and it just adds a level of variability that you just don't get with a static weight or a weight that is solid. Again, kettlebells are great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, not saying that, but a sandbag just adds a different level of variability. So, those are a couple of basic ways that you can get outside and start to train outside and take take advantage of some of these uh, some of the benefits that you can get from training outside. Outside of training, training is great. Training is something that we all need to do more regularly, whether it's indoors or outdoors. But if you go outdoors, you're going to get lots of added benefits. Um, one thing I will add that if you are training. If you're working out outside, if you're doing a bodyweight workout or your kettlebell workout or a sandbag workout, I would strongly encourage that be the time that you train barefoot. We talked about being barefoot and being grounded on the earth and gaining the earth's electrons, if you will, or electrical charge. Um, That's one potential benefit, but another benefit is your feet want to be free. Your feet don't want to be bound up in shoes. No matter what your healthcare practitioner has told you, they want to be free. And so this is potentially a great way to start to train your feet to adapt to the ground again, train the muscles in your feet to adapt to the ground again, and adapt to being free of that restriction. All a shoe is, is basically a brace for your feet. So we want to unbrace the feet and allow them to do their thing. And this is just a great, easy way to start to do that. Okay. Guys, get outside and train more regularly. Your body will appreciate it. Your mind will appreciate it. Your spirit will appreciate it. Your physicality will appreciate it. All of these things will love you so much if you get outside and you train outside more regularly. It's just something that we need. We we literally come from the earth. And so if we can get outside, and again, I'm not going to get all woo-woo, but like, connect with the earth again, you will find another level of physicality that you didn't realize that you had. So make sure that you share this with your friends so that they can get outside and hopefully keep up with you if you're getting outside and training. Um, But until next time, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.